great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is where you go to save money each and every day. I want to talk about a big money-saving moment in just a second. Coming up later, though, there's a new survey out that shows that we no longer trust or like capitalism, and that is quite distressing for me. I want to talk about it in the Clark Rage. And coming up yet later, I'm going to hit you with the hottest job markets in the United States. Brand new list of the hottest markets, and I'm going to fill you on on where things are, in fact, the strongest. Now, i got to talk to you about something that is a great opportunity for people in some states and is only just important for you to know in other states. In some states in the United States, you have the ability to shop for what you pay for natural gas, not quite as easily as when you go fill up your vehicle with gasoline or diesel, but you do have the ability in a number of states to choose a company you buy your natural gas from for your home or business and also what kind of price you pay for natural gas. This is important right now in either case, whether you don't have the ability to shop or you do, natural gas prices have collapsed. Here we are right now going through a significant cold wave. There's a second one recently, but the reality is from when the cold weather season started in November till now, and then the meteorological, did I say that word right? Meteorological projections moving forward, this is going to be overall potentially a mild winter. And so natural gas is coming out of the ground in huge quantities, and we're not using what's coming out of the ground. So what happens with supply and demand? The price at wholesale has collapsed. Give you an idea, it's one-eighth of what it was just 15 years ago. You think about over the years, other than electronics, prices tend to move up over time. But energy has gone way down over time, as well as uh, other categories like computers and TVs and stuff like that. So the energy that we buy has been steadily getting cheaper, particularly versus income. So if you live in a state where you can negotiate and you can hire a marketeer, this is a time with prices having collapsed, unusual at this time of year, but with them having collapsed, if you're allowed to shop the market where you live, shop the market And I would recommend prices as low as they are right now. You lock in for two years if you're allowed to. In states where you don't have a choice, you just pay for what you use. The good news is that generally the wholesale cost is passed on to you. And in years that it's going down like now, it means that your consumption through the winter will cost you less. And this is really, really a great story because energy 
has generally, in various forms, except in states where the process is controlled by the politicians, the price you pay for energy has steadily gone down. It ultimately makes the case for energy to homes and businesses to be deregulated. I mean, we don't have a regulator uh, picking winners and losers with the gasoline we put in our vehicles. But we do in many states have a corrupt process where the politicians decide who will provide electricity, as an example, what they're allowed to charge and all that. And we need to open up free market and allow the market to do its thing like Texas has done that has created energy costs that go down for electricity lower and lower year by year as the market provides the most efficient energy available in the case of Texas, overwhelmingly that's wind. In the case of Washington, it's hot air. Dick is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Dick. How you doing? Good morning, Clark. Thank you very much for taking my call. It's, uh, I've listened to you for years. We enjoy your show very much. Well, thank you very much. And you are about to be a big-time great-grandfather? Exactly. Four, four babies, four male identical babies. One in 17 million pregnancies ends up this way. Wow. And how far along is your granddaughter? 22 weeks at this point. And so far, everything looks healthy with all everything four? Everything is very healthy. The doctor is proud of her. She's got a good attitude. Uh, she's going for a uh, big, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, a sh- uh, well, a shower next week. But uh, she's also um, in for another checkup today, I believe. So are there quad strollers? Or do you take, quad. You take <laughs> quad everything? Quad beds, quad strollers, oh, quad high chairs, wow. car seats, oh, you name it. <laughs> wow. Well, that is very exciting for you. Is it your first time being a great granddad? Yes. Yes, it is. Hopefully the last two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, how can I be of service to you with this exciting news you've got? Well, uh, as I mentioned, uh, uh, we this is, this is the first time, and uh, you don't get any advice from anybody. So I thought, well, I'm going to call Clark Howard. He's full of advice, and uh, I we don't want to get my wife uh, and our, other people say I'm full of something, but it wouldn't be advice. So that's yeah, right. <laughs> but we didn't want to get scammed or whatever, uh, for, uh, or our, our granddaughter uh, to get scammed or. Uh, do something wrong. Just uh, wanted to have some advice on uh, how to raise money. How to raise money. Uh, first of all, even though they are they are both employed, they are both uh, uh, educated. Uh, they uh, you know things are good for them. But the expenses so the expenses of raising four newborns is going to outstrip what they can come up with. Is that the deal? That's exactly right. Yes. So normally, what would happen is with a baby announcement you know people are used to giving gifts and if what they really need is money instead of things they should they should have a gofundme page that is part of the announcement that's interesting because i thought that was more for people who were uh, low on resources or it's for any kind of event or purpose a lot of times a gofundme 
will be when there's been a tragedy or something like that. But they're used for all different kinds of things, whatever the circumstance would be. Uh, they could also uh, have people Venmo the money, if you're familiar with that. What is it called? Venmo, V-E-N-M-O. And uh, let me tell you, your granddaughter knows what Venmo is. Okay. Yeah, because it's a way that people now, very very popular with people in their teens, 20s, and 30s, is they Venmo each other money, which is kind of like emailing money. I see. And huh. so that is where you just do a an appeal, and you know people want to do something for you, especially in a novel situation like this. And so this is this is really something that is an unusual circumstance. And Kim, you have found something else you wanted to share that may be of help here. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So looking into this a little bit, there are definitely companies that would love the attention that you guys are going to be getting with four babies. And I know you are interested in looking into some sort of sponsorship. So the best advice that I could think to give would be to start a social media account for the girls where you could, or sorry, for the boys, where you could post pictures of them. Exactly. For example, there was some... um, quadruplet girls that got a sponsorship deal with Gerber in exchange for Gerber sending them new clothes all the time the parents took pictures of the kids in the clothes and then posted it to their social media and they have a huge following because people are really interested in quadruplets so you would have to be able to be okay with giving up some privacy giving up some privacy right right so, but I think they are going to attract a lot of attention, like sure it or not, that. right? <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to go with this, but because of the novelty of someone having uh, four identical quadruplet boys, it is something that would have the potential for a significant social media following and companies, particularly companies that sell products child-oriented like Gerber, would have a real desire for a tie-in, and that's a great suggestion as well. And this is, as far as scams, um, you mentioned that starting off. This is not an area that's really on my radar as a big source of scam activity. This is just an opportunity that brings joy and potential, um, potential benefit financially because your granddaughter and grandson-in-law, I guess is the term, are going to face quite a wave of unexpected expenses and expected expenses. So being creative in this area will be very important. Congratulations again. Jake is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Jake. Hello. How are you doing? Good. So kind of cold here, Wisconsin, uh, around zero degrees today. Zero sounds like a, a heat wave, doesn't it? You know, <laughs> I assume the temperature dropped the second Green Bay lost to the 49ers. Yeah, it was ugly. We want to forget that one. <laughs> I was talking to a friend who's originally from Milwaukee and whose husband was groaning during the game like, like he was hurting physically. We all were. (laughs) 
Well, hopefully the winter will not be too long, and you'll get way up from, you said zero? Yeah, wind, wind chills probably below zero. So, But it is supposed to get up to around freezing by the weekend. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are lots of planes that go to Florida from Wisconsin. Yeah, we'll, we're going to head there in a bit. Okay. All right. <laughs> How can I be of service to you? Well, I saw an article of yours online on uh, tr- uh, TV streaming services and uh, your recommendations and so forth. And uh, I actually had a, um, a, a contractor uh, doing some work for me, and he mentioned a service um, that he said is just like, you can't believe it, it's $20 a month. Well, since I went online, I see it's $25 a month now. But it supposedly includes every sport channel, every movie channel, every pay-per-view channel. And uh, I'm like... This, this is too good to be true. And it is too good to be true because they're thieves. So this is, this is, what I was, <laughs> this is a, I see the, I see the company now that is the one giving the pitch, call it a company is an odd term. They're pirates. And there are many, many of these pirates operating here in the United States and elsewhere in the world that are stealing the content from others, and then pirating it to you. And so they're not paying anything for the content, and then they're charging you, in your case, 300 bucks a year to get all that content. And it, it's just a very, very popular pirating activity. And a lot of people don't want to know that they're getting stolen content, but that's what they're doing when they do these, um, start to use the word, services um it's, it's got to be a better word than services when it's stealing uh-huh so yeah, i i kind of thought it must be because when i tried to look the company up uh you could f- find any reviews um i was able to find the company online but no reviews or anything like that about it well they're really going to give you all that content for the 300 a year but remember you're receiving stolen content at that point, and it's just uh, nobody's getting prosecuted for this, as best I know, but it is stealing the sports programming and the other programming as well. Today's Clark Rageous moment is something that just makes me sad and disappointed. It's a survey that's done every year. It's been done the last 20 years by Edelman, which is, uh, if you're familiar with them, they're a huge, I guess, worldwide PR firm. And so they surveyed people's attitudes again this year about capitalism. And here we are through a very long economic expansion that really started to catch fire about 2012 and has continued. And would you believe a majority of people surveyed no longer believe in capitalism. And this is just really, really upsetting to me that Americans, as well as people in other parts of the world, but we in America are really down on the free enterprise system. And I know there's been a lot of stuff that went wrong. You know, we had the 
banking scandals of last decade where nobody was ever punished. All the bankers who committed criminal acts got off scot-free. And that undermines faith in capitalism. The income inequality we have undermines faith. But let me tell you, the idea of us becoming a socialist paradise, that doesn't play out well over time. And there are things we need to do to improve how capitalism works in the United States. And I could name a long catalog of things that we need to fix. But the reality is nothing ever in human history has worked as well as giving people the opportunity to go out and create a new idea, product, or service that people want to buy, and it creates greater wealth for the society and those individuals. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is where you go to save money on all your shopping And we update Clark deals around the clock. So keep more of what you make. What if you could make more money also? Well, there's a new list out from ZipRecruiter on the 10 hottest job markets in the country. Now, I need to tell you that a number of the hot job markets are places where the temperature is not so hot. And a handful of them are places where the cost of living generally is very low. Producer Joel pulled today's temperature as of right now in the various places, and only one of them is above freezing right now. But these are the hottest job markets if you were willing to relocate where they are. Some of these are going to be obvious. Others are going to be like, what? Like as an example... The hottest job market in the United States is Fargo, North Dakota, and nothing else is close. These are metro areas of 100,000 or more people. So Fargo, the job postings in Fargo are up 55% in a year. And employers cannot find workers. It's 15 right now in Fargo, which is actually not that cold for North Dakota. Number two, A very, very expensive place to live, Boston. Temperature's 18 right now. And Boston particularly is of note because the jobs available in Boston pay, as a general rule, much higher rates, much higher salaries than jobs do in other metro areas. Uh, By the way, the big things in the Boston area are infotech, biotech, and finance. And in Fargo, it's every possible category. Third place, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, 14 degrees right now. And Fargo, I mean, sorry, Sioux Falls, as you may or may not know, is huge in the banking sector. And most credit cards have large operations in South Dakota because of special laws South Dakota passed forever ago to take away consumer rights with credit cards and it paid off handsomely for South Dakota and employment. Fourth, Providence, Rhode Island, 15 degrees, followed by Portland, Maine, 12 degrees. And then San Francisco is in sixth place 
which is so expensive to live in, I can't believe it. So the pay in San Francisco tends to be about 40% higher on average than other places, but I bet the cost of living is more than 40% higher, followed by Washington, D.C., which has, if I remember right, the nation's highest educational achievement in the United States, and the economy in the Washington, D.C. metro area is intensely strong. And one that historically has not been on the most jobs list is in eighth, Philadelphia. Oh, I forgot to say, 22 in D.C., 21 in Philadelphia. And Philadelphia, of the major cities in the United States, may have the lowest overall cost of living. And at the same time, has a very strong job market in uh, financial, healthcare, and higher education. Ninth place, Bismarck, North Dakota. And the unemployment rate in Bismarck is 1%. That is an extremely low unemployment rate, obviously. And did I say it's 14 in Bismarck? 1412 in Bismarck, and then New York City almost makes it to the freezing point, 25 degrees, largest job market in the country, and there are 200,000 unfilled jobs right now in New York City. So there are, there are very few Americans that are willing to relocate for a job anymore. The mobility of Americans is the lowest that there's been ever since records have been kept on mobility. And there are a number of factors why we don't move from place to place where there's opportunity, which means that if you are willing to move to where opportunity is, it's really great for you. And I know the grass isn't always greener on the other side of the street, but there are clear economic trends that make employment opportunities and mobility and potential um, increase in pay over time better in some markets versus others. And again, you got to be able to handle cold weather in nine of those top 10 markets. Not me. Constance is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Constance. Hello. So do you know the coldest temperature I like? No, what is it? 72. <laughs> I do well, my not. Well, that's 67. I, I'm good with that. I don't do cold weather. I just, it's just I not guess. my thing. I guess. <laughs> Constance, how can I be of service to you? Well, um, so I love listening to your podcast. I, use it, I usually listen every day, and I really appreciate the advice you give. Thank you. Um, I'm a Yeah, I'm a bookkeeper for a small business, and I use QuickBooks for my bookkeeping like many small businesses. And last week, I heard you say that everyone should have a Chromebook for all their financial transactions because it's so secure. So I bought one online without thinking about if QuickBooks would be compatible with Chrome OS, which actually it turns out it is not. Um, And uh, neither is Quicken compatible with Chrome OS because I asked about that, too. So you can get Windows on a Chromebook, I understand, but that still doesn't make it compatible with right. QuickBooks because of the Chrome OS. So anyway, 
Um, the only way you can get it, use it on uh, QuickBooks is if you have the online version of either Quicken or QuickBooks, which my uh, my accountant recommended against. So and it's also it's also not going to be as robust as a business based solution using QuickBooks. I mean, you're going to find that using one on a PC that you're that you have it loaded on is going to be the most comprehensive solution available for the business that you're the bookkeeper for. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a problem because you know criminals heavily attack Windows computers. I just last week talked about a big vulnerability that there was a security patch for on Windows computers last week and how urgent it was for people to download that security patch. And so you mm-hmm. do kind of have a bullseye target on yourself when you use a PC for business functions. And so the question I would have for you, do you have it on a dedicated PC that's not used for anything else other than running QuickBooks? Um, Pretty much, yeah. The only time I use it for anything else is to um, get an email that I sent to myself um, with some files in it I need to add on to QuickBooks that that came into my uh, Mac computer. Okay, so I guess that would be okay. I mean, you want to, as much as you can, you want to segregate that Windows computer as much as you possibly can. Now, we are about to outstrip my knowledge, but I'm going to share something with you that someone who was a technology expert said after I took another call about, in that case, it was Quicken. And mm-hmm. said that you should sandbox it when you use it on a PC. And sandboxing is where you segregate those activities from anything else you would do on the computer. And I'm not, I, I'm not knowledgeable enough to explain how you implement that. But I will tell you what we are... Uh, jump, I'm jumping the gun on myself, but we just in our staff meeting... Today, we meet across all our functions, TV, um, the websites, newsletters, social media. We all get together and talk about what's hot. And we are right now working on a new article with suggestions from experts, tech experts and security experts in the aftermath of the Windows vulnerability from last week, writing a story about how to protect yourself in day-to-day online, and I'll make sure we add to it how sandboxing may be a way to help you with Quicken or QuickBooks. And that yeah, should be, no out, that should be out probably, we should have that article out probably next week. Oh, great. So, yeah, I don't know what sandboxing is. Sandboxing is, it's a, um, for people that are into technology security, it's it's something they're like, come on, Clark, you can give a better explanation of sandboxing. But essentially, it's where you have a protected area of your computer that protects that area from being hit by most viruses. And so when you're doing financial activity on a computer like QuickBooks or Quicken, you are able to put it into like its own protective bubble while you are doing those activities. 
And so I'll make sure that we give a plain, simple explanation of sandboxing in this article that we're going to post and also how you, as a practical matter, somebody who's not a technology expert, how you would implement that as a simple strategy day-to-day to protect the data you have there from hackers. Mm-hmm. Will that be on a specific place on your website? Yeah, so when we publish something on Clark.com, it will be one of the lead stories. Okay. And so Good. I'll tell you what, I'll mention on the show when that's up. That's good, because I'd like to hear that. I'd like to see that. Okay, because your point is valid, and it's been one that I have failed to adequately address in the past. If you're using a financial tool software that cannot be used on a Chromebook, how do you provide a similar level of security when you're using a Windows PC or a Mac? And Mm -hmm. they're just not, Mac computers and Windows computers are not structured, built from the ground up in a way that makes your data as safe as it is on a Chromebook. They're just not. And so that's why I've always talked about using Chromebooks for doing bill pay and various financial things. But in the circumstance you brought up and someone else brought up, there is this need to be able to use a Windows PC for financial and how do you protect that? I'll make sure we address that as best we can. Wayne is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Wayne. Clark, how are you today? Great. Thank you, Wayne. You have a question that is a great one to have. You have no mortgage on your home. Is that right? That is correct. So do uh, you no know that that puts you into a category of, I think, roughly 30% of people now own their homes free and clear? That's a, even that's higher than I would have guessed. It's still a great club to be a member of. Yes, it is. <laughs> so my, my, my question is about home uh, title insurance. Is it is it more important now that I don't have a, a lender who might somewhat be looking over his own interest, but I would be included in that interest? Well, yeah. So when you take out a mortgage, the lender requires that you buy a lender's title policy, which protects them and their financial interest in your home in the event that there's later a successful challenge to the title to your ownership of the property. And that's why I recommend that people buy something known as simultaneous issue, where you have, at the time, you're forced to buy the policy because you pay the premium to protect the lender, that you piggyback on that with an owner's title policy. Now, if you don't have an owner's title policy and you own the home free and clear, you can buy, um, depending on the state you live in, it could either be with... uh, a title agency or with a um, real estate closing firm, you know, law firm, you can buy title insurance that is an owner's title policy to protect your interests in the home. But how long have you been in the home? Uh, seven years. Okay, so fairly recent. How many prior owners would you guess there have been? Uh, two at most. Okay. So you're in a situation where there's a, a rather modest 
risk. But if it does materialize, you could lose all the equity in your home, which is why the value of an owner's title policy is so great. Do you um, do you have old paperwork that would tell you who closed that loan for you when you originally bought the property, or did you pay cash originally? No, I did not pay cash originally, and yes, I do have that uh, that documentation. All right, so you can contact the firm that handled the closing and see what they would quote you on buying an owner's title policy. And do you rec- do you recommend that type of policy over the one that just monitors it? And then let you yeah, because those are different. Those are different things. The thing that's well, being so heavily advertised on the web and sometimes on radio about um, somehow supposedly locking your title or whatever that has right. nothing to do with what title insurance does, which is to protect you from somebody successfully challenging your rightful ownership of the property. Yeah, the reason the reason I ask is there's such a difference in price. Yeah, but one of them is a very, very, they're both relatively remote possibilities, but the need for this lock service is, uh, is we have surveyed the legal real estate market, and we've been told unanimously that this is not a necessary product. But okay. I can tell you that the title insurance, owner's title policy, is where the greater risk exists that if somebody was able just to rip the home out from under you because they're able to successfully challenge the history of the change in title over the years, the change in ownership, that is the ultimate danger to you. It's time for Clark.com slash ask where you post a question for me, and one of the ways we answer it is with Joel asking your question for you. Go ahead, Joel. Yeah, Clark Gregg's got a question. He says, you say not to give your social security number to medical providers, but what about long-term health insurance companies or medical insurance providers? What's your take there? So normally, because of the way they run background on you, they will need your social security number to do so. It will depend on the firm. Uh, Many times, if you're buying long-term care, life insurance, or whatever, in the old days, health insurance, they would run what's known as an MIB on you, a Medical Information Bureau report, and they will usually use your social as the way to do that. This is the Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.